at the beginning I struggled a lot because I just felt like I need to get it right all the time and that kind of brought me to a space where I was just working ridiculous hours and I think at the startup phase it is working you know 18 hours a day doing everything but now 10 years on I just feel as though I'm, I'm glad to experience the failures because that just means that I'm on a path of, of finding the right answer. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of RMIT Online's The Pickle. My name is Rowena Beach. I'm a mentor here at RMIT Online Future Skills and I'm a woman in tech and I'm really privileged to be sitting opposite another fabulous leader and a female in technology, Cheryl Tai. Welcome Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Cheryl is the CEO and founder of the League of Extraordinary Women. She is a founder of Cupcake Central, sought after speaker, mentor, board member of Project Gen Z, and membership chair of Entrepreneurs Association Melbourne Chapter. Whew. You're busy. And in April 2019, Cheryl made the decision to successfully exit her first business, Cupcake Central, to focus on building a tech platform for the League of Extraordinary Women to connect women on a global scale. So Cheryl, this is an amazing story. IT to baking cupcakes. How did this all happen? I think it really started when I was eight years old. So my parents asked me the question, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I just remember instinctively saying that I wanted to change the world. I don't know what where it came from, but that was my first answer. And I think <laughs> with my parents being Asian, they were a little bit disappointed I didn't say doctor, lawyer or an accountant. <laughs> um, but they they rolled with it and they really just encouraged me to follow my passions. So I guess when I graduated high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do or what field I wanted to go into. But uh, looking back, I, I just realized that I loved tech. I just loved playing video games. I loved uh, learning anything to do with IT. And um, my uncle was a really great kind of um, inspiration to me. And he was an IT consultant and got to travel the world and do all these exciting things. So I thought, I want to do that. I want to be an IT consultant. So I ended up enrolling in uh, business of information systems at RMIT and that was the start of my IT kind of pathway I guess. And then so you commenced your career in IT mm. and then global financial crisis and you lose your job. Yes. And what happens then? Well it was quite an interesting day so when I started my career in IT I didn't initially get and a consulting job straight away. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had to apply for over 200 jobs before I landed my first, I guess it was a year of work experience. And I was an IT support person mm -hmm. at a tech startup. At the time, I had no idea what a tech startup was. And I don't even know whether it was <laughs> a, a, a term that was coined back then. But I worked for a, a fast-growing high-tech startup that had 10 people. So I was the first of 10 employees. They're now worth over $100 million and, you know, great Australian kind of um, startup. But at that time, I had no idea. And that taught me a lot 
But I eventually moved into a consultant role for an, a global US firm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was my dream job. I uh, got to travel, get paid lots of money for a 22, 23-year-old. But when that global financial crisis hit, it I took me by surprise. I walked into work one morning and was handed a yellow envelope and that was it. I wow. lost my job and I just didn't know where I would go from there. Um, but I knew I had this intense passion for baking cupcakes. <laughs> we all have a passion, but to take that passion and turn it into a business, it's a different mindset, isn't it? And the risk associated with with running your own business and becoming a startup. Um, what are some of the valuable lessons that you learned through that process? Well, first of all, I think being incredibly naive about starting a business was probably in hindsight a great thing because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Mm. If I had known how hard it was um, to run a business, I probably wouldn't have started. Um, But yeah, just going back a little bit, how I actually fell in love with cupcakes was through a subject at RMIT called the Globalization, US Globalization Study Tour. So we got to go over to New York for about a couple of weeks and and I went to the Magnolia Bakery and going to the Magnolia Bakery was amazing because I used to be a big fan of Sex and the City and it was in that moment I had that first cupcake. I was like, that's it. I want to bake cupcakes for a living. It was just this crazy, crazy idea I had. You know, before I started it, I was already baking cupcakes and bringing them into work every every Friday and I would just see how much joy that it brought people and so I guess getting into starting a business it was I guess being naive was was a good thing for me. (laughs) Mm. I mean there's so much involved it's almost sort of 24-7 isn't it Mm. Um, you know for a long time for a lot of people but taking that next step to actually um, run your own business is is huge and Mm. and I guess what did you take from technology and Mm. and working in IT and consulting into developing that first business? So as an IT consultant, I was a business analyst and I knew that systems and processes were, yeah, pivotal to to making a company um, scalable and a Mm. huge success. So I took away those learnings and applied that from day one of starting my business. Even though I was a one-man woman, you know, running everything from, uh, I was pretending to be six different people when I started my business from home. Mm. I was uh, answering customer emails, um, picking up the phone, doing the orders to um, baking the cupcakes and delivering them. And so I systemized everything from day one. I wrote down all the processes and even though it was just me, I just was very systematic in that point. And and when we eventually opened up our first store, and this is um, with my business partner at the time and ex-boyfriend, which is probably a different, you know, story for another time. But <laughs> it was it was a great, um, yeah, learning curve for us because going from just me doing everything to then opening up a store and hiring one or two people, then having to train them, having the systems and processes allowed me to um, – to scale um, at a faster rate uh, mm. rather than doing everything myself. And also 
I mean, a lot of our sales came from online. You know, my business partner was in IT as well. So we both invested in the very early days in the development of a website, um, allowing people to order online. And, you know, we had all these, you know, reports and what cupcakes to bake and mm. and how to, it's, yeah. <laughs> You're getting access to all of those insights you know, quite quickly, which obviously supported evolving your business as well. So you say that your superpower is connecting people and you're certainly doing that through the League of Extraordinary Women. So how did you go from connecting people through cupcakes to developing the League of Extraordinary Women? When I started Cupcake Central, the first 10 months I was alone, working alone. I didn't have any friends that were in business. And so I found that time super isolating. Um, I was lonely, didn't even know whether I was doing the right thing or on the right path. Um, I found myself going out to cafes. Co-working spaces didn't exist at the time. So I was going out to cafes and working on my laptop to feel I was just surrounded by other people and not going a little bit loopy. But um, it was through that experience that I started going out to networking groups and I found that a lot of the networking groups were probably 80 to 90% men. And I found that I wasn't really connecting with them um, at the level that I wanted. Um, I didn't feel as though... um, they could understand what I was going through and I couldn't understand what they were going through. It was very much, I guess, conversations around how's your business going? Yeah, it's killing it. It's growing. And I just felt really inadequate. I felt like, well, that's not how I feel. I don't feel like I'm killing it at work or business. Um, But when I met a couple of other women um, and I found that they just opened up to me and we were talking about the struggles of business and starting up, I really learned that um, there were other people out there like me Mm. and we started sharing stories and our experiences about starting a business and um, it really helped me through a lot of tough periods in my my journey. And I guess through that I met my co-founders for League of Extraordinary Women. Uh, We started just catching up for brunch here and there and then it became really regular every couple of weeks we would catch up and we found it so empowering um we felt that we were growing as people and we felt supported so we thought hey why don't we create an event on facebook and share it with our friends and see whoever you know wants to come along we can um just have a group for women and we posted it up and within two weeks we had 160 women show up at a bar we had overtaken this whole bar this is back in late 2011 and that's when the league was born and you know it's really created a whole life of its own Um, we didn't know what to do with it but soon enough people were messaging us from you know Brisbane Sydney Perth uh, all over And so that's how the league was born. That's incredible and so exciting. From 2011 to where it is today, I mean, there has been so much change uh, and it has grown so rapidly. And part of that is Meet the Maven. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about, I guess, your hopes and dreams for the league and also Meet the Maven. Yeah. Well, um, So over the years, we've really gone with our community. So we've got a community of over 200,000 women worldwide. Um, 
a lot of them are based in Australia, uh, but we normally, we used to run a lot of events. So, you know, every month we do events um, and then we eventually created conferences, which were larger scale events and bringing these incredible women on stage to talk about their journey. But over, I guess, the last few years, I've realised that there were a lot more barriers for women to overcome to attend these events, um, particularly if, you know, they're starting a family, have young families or they have um, they work remotely further out from the city. They aren't able to physically come along to these events. And so I started to think about how I could connect women on a broader scale and also um, make it more accessible for people. And particularly how Meet Your Maven came about is that for me, I've realised the importance of um, mentoring. I've always had mentors throughout my whole life and career. Um, and I've been in a way searching for those mentors throughout my career. But for some women, they don't have that access or they don't even know what the concept of mentoring is or how to find one. And so this idea started to bubble up through a lot of conversations with with women that were feeling like they were stuck, not just in business, but in their career. So whether they wanted to make a transition in their career or they wanted to get promoted or that sort of feeling where they, they just didn't know what the next steps were. I decided to develop a concept where women could access these mentors or mavens directly. Um, you hear a lot about having a side hustle. What advice would you, you give somebody to, I guess, taking that next step with a, with a side hustle? Mm. Um, given your experience, obviously being an entrepreneur, and also in technology and bringing people together. Um, my first piece of advice, and this is through experience, is that um, when I started my business from home baking cupcakes, I had no prior experience in hospitality. I taught myself how to bake, so I didn't even go through a patisserie course or anything like that. The first thing I did when I uh, started my business was to reach out to people that had been there and done it. And I asked for introductions to people that had their own cafes or businesses, bakeries. And I was really surprised that people would actually take the time to sit down with me and have a coffee with me and share their experiences. Um, so that would be my share for everybody. If, if there's a particular space that you want to get into or a new career or new business, that business idea that you want to think about um, is really reaching out to someone that has already done it and emailing them. There's so many ways to contact them these days. And I, I, I mean, I'm always surprised that people still, you know, even if they're so busy, they'll still take the time to, to pass on that knowledge to you. Coming back to the beginning again, when you were at school and you were eight and, and you wanted to, to make an impact and, and help change the world. Um, you know, we, we talk about STEM and to STEM a, in to schools and a, and a focus on girls. Uh, do you think schools need to do more to get girls into STEM at that early age? Oh, absolutely. Mm. I think it is all about role modelling. Um, for me, when I was in high school, uh, I went to all girls high school and I just remember this particular moment where it was speech night and I had um, Tan Lee, who is Australian of the Year, but she also went on to start an amazing tech company in Silicon Valley. Um, and I remember her 
seeing her up on stage speaking. And it was in that moment I just realised, wow, women can do that. Women can be in that path. And and she just ignited something in me. I wasn't sure what it was, but I just felt really inspired. And so that was probably one moment that I felt um, I needed to pass on to other girls. Um, I mean, I really do believe in the quote, you can't be what you can't see. Mm. So um, allowing this opportunity for a hundred over, we've, you know, been doing tech formation, which is a women in tech conference for the last four years. This will be the fourth one. The first one we ran, we had girls in year nine and 10 in attendance. And it was only this year that I started to receive emails and anecdotes of girls that have um, graduated high school and chosen, um, you know, a major in, in, in STEM, which is amazing. They've, they've really taken on board the learnings and the inspiration from um, these conferences to go off and and choose that pathway mm. and so that for me is is like I can't describe that feeling I, I I believe that that's what I'm here to made to do it's inspirational for them and uh, I don't even think this is a question it should be more of a statement but uh, we need more women in tech mm. and uh, that gender balance is is so important um what do you think causes that gender gap in Australia at the moment especially with technology well, I believe it starts at a very young age because coding um, or understanding the concepts of STEM start from an education level. And first of all, they need to have a belief in themselves that this is a possible career path, um, that it isn't just for men um, and it isn't just masculine traits um, to, to be in science or um, tech. And learning code is a language so the the earlier you can kind of get them into um understanding how to program and code i mean there's so many great programs out there like girl geek academy and code like a girl girl ed world as well like they're really great ways for yeah girls to explore that path and then i mean even for me my experience being an it consultant in a very male-dominated world. It was tough. Um, I remember um, going out to networking events at, on Thursday nights, and by seven o'clock, all the had women had gone home, gone home to their kids. And I realised that it wasn't so much how hard you worked at work; it was who you knew. And I learned that from a very young age in terms of like understanding the power of networks and, and who you knew. So I used to hang out with, um, you know, the directors and managers. Um, and sometimes I feel a little bit embarrassed about recalling these events where I ended up like going out to whiskey bars and, and having a chat to them because I wanted to be part of that group. But I, I'm naturally probably a little bit of a tomboy back in the days and I didn't mind having that whiskey and now I think back I'm like wow that's ridiculous I don't know whether it still happens now but um, I could see how that would segregate and you know push women out to to being promoted because I yeah realized like climbing that corporate ladder was very much a, a male dominated kind of world. Um, Cheryl it must be a really tough decision and a big decision to to even think about selling 
your baby, um, which is obviously the, the cupcake business. Tell us a little bit about how that occurred. So when I started Cupcake Central, I kind of knew instinctively that it was a vehicle for me to create change. And so going back to when I was eight years old, I really wanted to change the world. And I don't know, I just kind of knew that it was a little stepping stone to something bigger. I never knew quite what it was, but um, Cupcake Central got me to a point where I was able to see directly how it was impacting people in terms of, you know, people love cupcakes for celebrations and always make kids happy and, you know, great memories, all of that sort of stuff. But it was through League of Extraordinary Women that I realised like I had the power to impact women on a different scale. And for me, you know, with Cupcake, it wasn't even just creating cupcakes. It was the act of um, sharing a dream with people. So our catchphrase for Cupcake Central was hatch that dream. It was to show people that I could have such a simple crazy dream to bake a cupcake, to bake cupcakes for a living and make that into a reality that I realised that everyone has a dream within them. Everyone has potential to go out there and do something great in this world, whatever it might be, um, whether it is something, you know, um, in the community or starting a business or within their company. Um, so running the two businesses in parallel, I was always t torn in between League of Extraordinary Women and Cupcake Central and I was just exhausted. And it got to a point where I realised that my purpose in life was to to go out there and um, show women this different, I guess, pathway, different um, life that they could have of living their passions, right, and their purpose. And so when it came to, um, yeah, exit Cupcake Central, it just felt right, to be honest. And I never wanted to be a cake celebrity like Adriano Zumbo, but I found myself falling into this, um, I guess, category of entrepreneurship. And I was getting asked to speak at all these events about entrepreneurship and I just thought wow this is something that I'm really interested in and I love business I didn't particularly want to bake cupcakes for the rest of my life mm. and so the decision was just right for me to move on and um, and get back into tech because that was my calling With that personal story of everything that you've been through, what's not said when you're starting up a business? What did people not tell you <laughs> apart from oh. the 24-7? <laughs> oh, well, there's so many. Definitely the failing part. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, To make a business work, you have to fail many times. So, you know, as much as, uh, I don't know, social media and all that sort of stuff is, is very much the highlight reel, mm. there are so many failures that I had to go through to get to that point a lot of mistakes that have been made but at the beginning I struggled a lot because I just felt like I need to get it right all the time and that kind of brought me to a space where I was just working ridiculous hours and I think at the startup phase it is working you know 18 hours a day doing everything um, but now 10 years on I just feel as though 
running a business, I'm I'm glad to make mistakes because oh not mistakes, sorry, failures. Like I'm I'm glad to experience the failures because that just means that I'm on a path of, of finding the right answer. Um so I'm a lot a lot more, I guess, accepting of failures. <laughs> Finally, what do you think of the future of tech and also the future of startup land? Oh, I'm so excited. I think there's never been a more exciting time for uh, especially women to start a tech business. Um, we literally have all the resources at our fingertips. And even to start and get an idea out there doesn't take a lot of um, money. Um, you know, we can create a website within half an hour nowadays. Back then, 10 years ago, I had to had to wait maybe a month and, and pay lots of money to get a website done. So even just to validate whether your idea is, is good or not, you have that power of using social media and um, just putting it out there and, and starting a business from scratch um, very quickly and scaling it as well. So I think now is the best time. So is the future of tech female? Well, it is female if we actually all, you know, pitch in and 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 make that change happen and it's not going to happen overnight like even with what I'm doing it's very it's change on a very small scale because I'm only affecting 100 schoolgirls a year but the more that we can have women leaders in um you know STEM go out there and speak to to girls and encourage them and be great role models I think um we can make a big impact that way Absolutely, Cheryl. Thank you for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure and honour to speak with you and congratulations on your journey. You really are a role model, um, especially for young girls like my daughter who's coming up through the education system in STEM and also for people like myself, bringing a a group of of women together and, and facilitating that discussion and openness is really important. So thank you for being that leader. Uh, for women in technology in Australia. Thank you. The Pickle was brought to you by RMIT Online. Change the way you think about learning. We have. Study short courses and full degrees online on your terms. Head to online.rmit.edu.au to find out more.